On today's podcast, I'm just going to bribe you. Johnny and I, today's guest, he has a new book coming out. And this book is basically the roadmap for all you men out there to basically achieve everything you want in your life through so many powerful principles, routines, habits that we talk about on today's episode. And for the women, also helps you understand men, but also understand the masculine dynamics of business and also how to stretch and achieve your goals within business. It's This, this episode is like riddled with wisdom and knowledge. It's so good. And so Johnny and I decided in the middle of the show that when you're done listening to this episode, the first 50 of you to DM me your biggest takeaway and the first 50 of you to DM Johnny your first takeaway on either side, we are each going to personally buy you a copy of his new book because we believe in it that much and it's so good. So today's episode, we talk about responsibility, accountability, handling emotions, how to be consistent, um, how to eliminate the hows in your life to achieve what you want, how to set dreams and change your state of being. Like it, this, this thing is like, I'm going to listen to it three, four times. So Johnny is one of the most incredible men I know. He's a man that I look up to for guidance and leadership, both for leading men and women and myself included. And today's episode is loaded with nuggets. So without further ado, I'm going to recommend you get into the show. And I'm going to recommend when we get to our Instagrams, you write down the handles and you send a DM because a lot of people are going to be DMing. So make sure you get there. But without further ado, let's cue that beautiful intro of mine and let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome, <coughs> excuse me, back to another episode of the Mind of George Show, which is probably going to start in a coughing fit. But either way, I am incredibly excited. I am incredibly honored uh, to be joined again today by one of my favorite human beings who's been on the pod before, who's been in our life, who's come to our events. And if you don't know him, the fuck are you doing? But I'll tell you how to find him. So here's how you find him. You pick up Webster's Dictionary, you look up the word (laughs) masculinity, and you open it. And there is a man in that photo, and that is Johnny, who is with us today, who happens to not only be the definition of that, but also he's back because he just wrote a playbook on how to become it. And I'm stoked because he's a man I love, I respect, I admire, I learn from daily. He's one of my closest friends that I have a soul connection with. So Johnny, I'm officially honored to welcome you back to the show. I love you, brother. I appreciate you uh, having me on the show and just just seeing your face. Like this is all worth it. We got to jam out for like thirty minutes before, and just being yep. in your energy, even though it's virtually. Like I just always love it. So truly grateful for you, brother. Grateful to have you as a friend and a brother, and to be on the show, jamming out with you for a little bit. Forever, forever, my friend. So <laughs> for those of you, Johnny, because there are a few that apparently have been living under a rock. Um, but for them, <laughs> can you, can you kind of paint a picture of the current Johnny, like what you do, what you focus on, what you help people with, like give everybody like the, the menu of Johnny for lack of better terms. 
Absolutely, brother. So I uh, started robbing banks recently. That's been my profession yes. for the last like year. Uh, Jesse Johnny James and I is my jo- <laughs> yeah. Johnny Johnny and I had a very particular set of skills that lend themselves well to the criminal world if we ever decide. So we have to be careful. <laughs> no, no, just joking. Um, no, I am. Uh, I'm. You know, for a lack of better term, because I can't figure out how to classify this. I really am like a men's lifestyle optimization coach. And really is what Mm -hmm. we're doing is breaking apart men's lives, reprioritizing them, figuring out where the hangups are, where the struggles are, addressing that, and then getting them to be that, you know, really not a better, not like the better version of themselves, but the desired version of themselves. Like we're trying to help them to find that man they authentically want to be. Johnny, you got to stop. Yeah. Because you got (laughs) to explain that. Because that is such a powerful, powerful statement that you just like so ever knowingly glossed over, (laughs) not who they should be, but who they desire to be. So let's just break that down, Johnny. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of leads itself into the book in general, which is design the man within. But it's really to say like every guy, there's expectations from society on us as men, right? We can all agree to this. There's expectations Mm -hmm. ancestrally that have uh, translated and carried forward, but not every man really resides in those definitions or expectations. A lot of men have a certain authentic uh, proclivity to something or someone that they want to be. And in that is where they find their power in the man that they are. That's how they show up in confidence. That's how they show up in mm-hmm. as, as great fathers or husbands and how they show up as great men who are aligned in themselves and their actions and words. And so it's not about what people want us to be. It's not about the conditions of society. And it's not about what came before us. It's about what we feel right now. We can embody as men and authentically body that embody that individually. And I've found through, you know, hundreds of interviews through coaching, through all of this stuff that every man has a different set of masculinity traits that they reside with, that they reside with and feel authentic with. And Mm -hmm. in those traits, just because they don't line up with George or Johnny or somebody else doesn't make them wrong. It makes them strong in who they are as a man and allows them to stand in that sovereignty. So that's really what I mean by the man they desire to be. Yeah, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna add some flavor to that, Johnny, and get a little inclusive here as well. So, first off, for everybody listening, Johnny's speaking through the lens of masculinity, right? But both men and women have masculinity and femininity. We we have them both, Absolutely. right? And and we we get to dance with them both. And the reason I'm saying this is is for all the all the ladies in the house. These things apply because every single ounce of entrepreneurship is masculine in its nature. And so a lot of these same thoughts and a lot of these same principles, they apply whether you're a man or a woman. And like, for example, uh, Johnny tends to default to his masculine body and energy in a situation where like I naturally default to my feminine body. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. just like my natural state of being right. Like that, that comes out of me first. And so for everybody listening, I just wanted to to be inclusive of that as well, because this will apply whether you're a man or woman and start to understand when we get into that. So that brings me to the second part. And I think this is a big part, Johnny, that is the undertone for me is that there's this whole thing in, in, in life, but especially it's like hyper-focused in entrepreneurship of like what you should be doing. 
and what it should yeah. look like and, and how you should run your business and what somebody else said you should be doing and and should is shame, right? And and when you said not like who you should be or can be, it's like who you desire to be. And I think that's one of the most powerful things for entrepreneurs or human beings in general to hear is that this isn't about everybody else's measuring stick. It's about yours. Yep. Yeah. And so I just yeah, wanted to say that, Johnny, because I think it's huge. No, that's beautiful because I think it's stripped out of us when we're kids. Like we're stripped out yes. of this. You know, this is why we lose creativity. This is why we lose yep. dreams, right? Like it's yep. because it's stripped out of us as we're kids. And then we embody that as adults and we bought embody mm -hmm. it as male or female. We embody it as, you know, entrepreneurs or just, you know, somebody who's the employee, the W2 employee. Like we embody that because it all gets stripped from us and we get so fearful of being mm -hmm. what we desire. We get so fearful of dreaming that all we think yep. about are the things that could go wrong or yep. the way that we're going to be ostracized or kicked out of the community. Like all we think about is the negative and we say, well, that's going to be the prevailing theme for my life. So I'm just going to conform and I'm going to do what is expected of me. I'll follow, I'll follow the boxes that are handed to me and I'll just fit inside those nicely. And that's it, regardless of how it makes me feel, whether I'm happy or yep. not, or whether I feel like I'm striving for a bigger goal or loving, you know, in love with mediocrity, we just end up following suit. And then that's how we take on our lives. And it's like I said, it's stripped when we're kids and it doesn't matter what side you're on as far as male or female, it's stripped from both of us. Yeah. You know, you know how I like to like delineate my entire existence down to fortune cookies. Cause I only have three colors of crayons <laughs> in my box. Right. Cause I was, <laughs> yeah, I was right. a Marine. I was a Marine and Johnny will make fun of me for days and he totally can. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just for the record, I understand that Marine stands for my ass rides in Navy equipment, sir. If you add Marines to the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they Marines hate that. <laughs> I don't, somebody has to drop us off to do the work. Well, the funny thing is that Marines end up, uh, hating when you ask them where their budget comes from. <laughs> yeah 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 oh dude i never i never i never cared either way and like then when the navy guys would pick on me i'm like well all of us need moms to carpool us to school so we'll go to work and then you come pick us up later okay <laughs> so true so and true. nobody nobody oh. had a comeback for that one nobody nope and they're like That's pretty oh, solid bro uh crap and i was like yeah i just I won't play your game. So I just cut all the oxygen out straight from the get-go. <laughs> right? It's the whole it's the whole M&M approach. But here's here's what's funny about the fortune cookie analogy and, and what's so prevalent to what you're saying, Johnny, is that like entrepreneurship in its existence, like its beingness is building something for yourself that's never been built before. Right? Yeah. And what I find so funny, I remind myself of this that if I'm checking boxes, I'm building somebody else's vision. And if I'm making my own, mm. I'm building mine. Right. Yeah. And it's like, That's really when you good. think about our careers, right, it's like I do an event because I got sick of going to events and not liking how they were. And I was like, well, I'll figure it out. Let's launch one. Right. And it's just this constant, <laughs> like, okay, you know, here we go. And so I just like, for me, you know, I, I always remind myself that I should never get mad at the rules of the game that I'm choosing to play. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so like yep. just straight to the foundation, it's like we understand that when we give up a nine to five, we're giving up predictability in exchange for ambiguity. 
that requires us to stretch and identify ourselves because we wanted that freedom and didn't want to be told what to do. But then we're the only one who can tell us what to do. And when it gets mm-hmm. tainted, when the, the words like do this or be this or have that, what you end up is resenting your business and resenting your life. And you look at it, you're like, I don't know who this person is. And then the dissonance starts and then the resentment starts mm-hmm. and then it starts to break and crack. And so it's really, really important. So I just, I think it's a huge topic. So Johnny, now, just because I want to give some credibility and credence, uh, and I won't make fun of you for, you know, <laughs> signing, sign, signing one of the better contracts, because I think we both would have agreed at this point, I should have joined the Coast Guard or the Air Force. <laughs> um, so irregardless, but can you kind of give everybody a little bit of your background? Because like, what I love and respect about you is that you don't, you don't teach from something you read. You speak from experience. And I yeah, think that's yeah. what's so, so powerful um, about you. I appreciate that, brother. I really do. And so my background is, you know, I was former special operations, U.S. Army Ranger. And then I was also in the in a protective detail for the U.S. ambassador to Iraq. Uh, for five years, I spent 10 years in and out of the Middle East on combat tours and then doing protection and lived that elite life being in special operations, know what it's like being surrounded by a bunch of alpha males, like true alpha males and yep. living that high expectation of, of being on the edge. And then, you know, that was kind of my pedigree. So I got into the military at 17 years old and then I left the Middle East around 28. And yep. that's kind of where I did a lot of my I would say young adult upbringing and learning. And that was really what conditioned the man that came back from all of that to interact with society. And I realized that in that there was a lot of good things that I was proud about that I could still be as a man. And I felt like there was a lot of things that were actually taking away from my happiness and taking away from my connection with my first wife, which we ended up getting a divorce with uh, the guys that were around me um, where I was living in the DC area. It wasn't, I wasn't able to connect with those guys and create like actual lasting bonds. So it is, it was this whole sense of being like, well, I've lost purpose because I don't have this flag behind me anymore to be my purpose. Uh, and I've also lost this identity because a lot of what used to serve me is actually hurting me now. Mm-hmm. And so I had to come to a conversation with myself. Like, what did that, what does that look like, dude? Like if, if it's not working right now, you know, then I should probably do some changes. You know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That's what I was sitting in, man. I was just like mm-hmm. sitting there doing the same things over and over, but hoping things would get better. I was hoping my marriage wasn't going to end up in a divorce, but did I change anything? Did she change anything? No, we didn't. Neither of us did. So it ended up in a divorce. And then finally, when I got to that, you know, point, I was drinking way too much. I was, uh, I was just living for the weekend. I had no ambitions. I had no, uh, I had no projection of any goals. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I said, I'm super elite, bro. I've been at the top 1% of the U S military. So this is going to go to one of two ways. I'm either going to become elite again in life and do something really good, or I'm going to become an elite piece of shit. It's going to be uh, one really, or the other. I know. Like I'm going to, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go one direction. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, bro. Because the moment <laughs> it's like shoots and ladders, and if you start sliding down, you can become an elite asshole really fast. 
Exactly. Elite asshole, really good at doing all the wrong things, all making the wrong the things. worst decisions. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, I'll be really good at it if I go that route, just like I'll be really good at anything else if I go the other way. Uh-huh. And so, you know, at least at the time I had enough morals and ethics and understanding in who I was at the core that going the elite piece of shit was not a really good route for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided, hey man, you got to do something different. So this is when you know my wife, Taylor. At the time, we were friends. She introduced me to a bodybuilding group, and I had always wanted to do bodybuilding. I've been lifting since I was 16 years old and decided to go, hey, man, I'm going to go do a show. And there was a local show being hosted by one of the uh, most prominent all-natural bodybuilders like on the planet, Philip Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And he was a friend of mine. He said, hey, man, come do the show. So I said, all right, put myself in for it, trained for four months, got prepped, looked great, did the show. And that to me, and this is what I think is really paramount for everybody. If you can give yourself even a small goal, sometimes it can bring you back from the brink of disaster because it gives you hope again in some purpose, even if it's for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Or what I would like to refer to is it gives you some passion for a short period of time. And so for me, that's what it did. It it made me realize again, because there's not a lot of people that can go into bodybuilding and not a lot of people that can look the way I did going into bodybuilding. So I was like, cool. I proved that I could be at a high status again. And I had to, and I needed that for myself. And then from there, it was just the cl- the continued climb out. Uh, Taylor tossed me my first self development book. I naturally said, "Fuck off! I'm not reading yep. this." I did I was the like, same <laughs> thing. Yep, yep. I was like, "What kind of man am I if yep. I have to have other people tell me what kind of man yep. to be?" Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> re- reluctantly, a few months later, I finally picked it up and read it, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm getting called out." This uh, is why we. This is why out. we love each other so much. Like we are literally twins. <laughs> Except yours was a book and mine was a personal development course, which took her leaving me twice to then me get the hint and then sign up for the course. And then it was game over. (laughs) Yeah, man. And it was it for me, it was just like, oh, crap. It was a punch in my stomach. I know you've read the book. It it was Excuses Be Gone by Dr. Wayne Dyer. (laughs) And Dr. Wayne Dyer, you know how he writes. He's like a slap in the face, but it's really intelligent. Right. So it's like it's you can't fight it. it. No, you can't. You're like, oh, this is very logical. Okay, I see I'm the problem. It's like my uh, Navy carpool mom analogy. (laughs) You can't fight it. Nope, you can't fight it. You can't resist. So it was that was it, man. That was the beginning of the end for me. I started to consume a bunch of self-development podcasts and other books. um, And we came up with the idea that, you know, if I was struggling and I came with a lot of confidence in who I was, I came from a very alpha background. I came from with all of this structure in what it was like to be a strong man. And I was struggling. I knew that a lot of my brothers were struggling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, most men in this world from the special operations community to the everyday average guy, they need one thing to start listening to you and they need to respect you. And so We came up with uh, me going into men's development work. We came up with me going into creating my own podcast um, that you've been on and crushed it. And But we came up with all of that because it was, all right, well, guys will respect my background enough to give me five minutes. And in five minutes, if I can help them have a better relationship with themselves or a better relationship with their family or just simply look at the world a little more positively, 
that to me was worth its weight in like worth my weight in gold. And so that's why I started to embark on this. And now it's just, you know, for five years now, it's been, you know, this entrepreneurship's not easy. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's had its own struggles and my own introspections and reflections. But at the end of the day, it's really about making a difference with even one person. And that's kept me going. And it's starting to create a snowball effect of where I'm starting to see it kind of get bigger and bigger. And that's been really special. Yeah, man, I, I want to, I want to lead you with an undertone and kind of let you expand on it because, you know, you were in for quite a long time in, in the middle of some shit I was in for quite a long time. And, you know, I remember when I was in like from boot camp to like the fuck fuck games to what we nicknamed the big green weenie at the time, I hated it and resented it. Right. But when I look back, like the number one thing that I remember is that the only reason we were elite was because we protected consistency over everything else. And it wasn't mm-hmm. consistency of like climbing the mountain. It was like, what's the next bite? And it was just this constant yeah. like environmental design from boot camp to operations where at every moment they put 100% ownership on you. Mm-hmm. And they said, you're in the middle of the shit and all of this has to be done, but you know, taking no action is worse. And so the only thing you're forced to do is just find the next bite and figure it out. And like, I look back at like some of my biggest takeaways and like in becoming elite, it's, it's always been that consistency for me. Yeah, it's consistency, but it's also consistency in the right thing. So for me, and this yes. is why you and I think that you and I think the same way, because I know where you're going with this. Yes. And you could have easily just written my book because you and I do think very similarly. We were joking <laughs> about that. And, uh, and the thing is, is that like, it's all about a foundation, right? Like this is my, th- like, this is what made me elite. This is what made my brothers elite. This is what made you elite. This is what makes athletes elite. Like the, the top 1% of professional athletes. Mm-hmm. It's literally t- pounding the foundations in so fucking hard that it doesn't matter what's going on in any scenario. Yep. They're so fine tuned that when you go back to that sympathetic nervous state and everything yep. else shuts down your cognitive ability to make this, these, these, uh, intricate and complex adjustments, everything you did was trained to such a high level on the basics that that foundation will never let you down. Cause it's never. built out of the strongest things that, and, and you and I, again, just your life in general, what you and I have been talking about a little before the show, everything mm-hmm. that's happening right now with you is is because you're where you are right now because your foundation is so strong. 1, Most men would never, never be even close to where you are right now. Like, you know this, I know mm-hmm. this, it would be a completely different thing. But you are where you are because of the foundation that you have you've consistently built in your life. Mm-hmm. And that goes for everybody. Like if you can get the basics right and you keep training on the basics over and over again, entrepreneurship, like you do this in your business. I've seen you do it with your lighthouse. Like you train the basics so hard that it's like if somebody just follows your program and what you're doing on the basics they will never fail because when everything else falls apart, they will have the basics so strong. That foundation will be impenetrable. And 
That's the, that's the difference. And that's what I teach on. That's what I love teaching on. Cause I'm like, listen, it's not rocket science. I don't need to give you complexity. I need to get you to be so good at all the base things that yep. everything else, it doesn't matter what comes your way ever. And so that's where I, I, I just, I tell it, for I, me is so I tell I tell everybody they'll know they're successful when they're bored of their monotonous behaviors that are working. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> that's that's it. really good. Like as as much yep. as as much as we hate it, right? We both run podcasts. No matter how hard it is, no matter what my day is, no matter what thing is, like we both understand if we don't hit record and publish, nothing can change, right? And so, irregardless, right. it requires us that we put that step out there. And so, it's just something mm-hmm. I I think about all the time because what you said, man, like one thousand percent. But what I think about is like, I think about all the massive trauma we've both seen, right? And experienced in our life, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I feel like it gives us great capacity and range. And there's a part of trauma work where you work through it, you have an awareness of it, but sometimes it never goes away, right? And those moments right. can creep in and it, they can get there. And what I realized is that, you know, what you're talking about is like, you have to lay a foundation, you have to lay a blueprint. I've always struggled with vision, right? Like I've never been a vision board guy. I've never been a write my goals out guy. I'm kind of, can I just build it brick by brick? But I was losing because the only thing I didn't ask myself is like, do I have a general idea of what I want it to look yeah. like, which is what you're talking about, right? And so what I do mm-hmm. now, Johnny, is I play the long game and short game on myself. So I have two sets of habits and rituals every day. So I have my baseline, which is the long game, right? Which is, hey, if I think about the man I want to be in 10 years, what does he look like? What does he think like? What does he act like? What does he feel like? What are his behaviors? And I'm like, cool. What are three things that I could do every single day for the next five years that if I did them consistently, they would equal that man, right? And so that's Mm -hmm. my long game. And so that's in place for when like, the business world is exploding. My personal world is exploding. So I still have that bite to take. And then I have the short game, which is the same model, but in the business. And so that's mm-hmm. how, that's how I play it because I feel like as long as I'm like, all right, cool. I want to build a house. If I at least pick the state, I can start gathering <laughs> materials because now I, I know at least an area. And then as I get deeper in, I'm like, oh, I'm going to this area. Oh, I'm going to this neighborhood. Right. And then it iterates as it goes. So that's, that's how I've kind of carried it over. Yeah. And, and that's perfectly said. Cause you can't like it, you, what I have found in my life is you cannot get complex in anything, whether mm-hmm. it's your personal life or your business mm-hmm. or on a mission, you can't get complex when everything below that complexity is built on, on fragility. And that's where I see a lot of people today is either they don't have awareness of what that foundation is and who they are or what they've built their business on. And you've seen the business side way more than I have. And those businesses will inevitably crumble or they'll get to a point where they actually grow, but there is nothing sustaining it together. So long-term growth is never going to be achieved. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Yeah. And that's just in... 
personally, it's the same thing. You can't get complex in your life mm-hmm. and manage a lot of different things to get creative and to find these bigger goals and awareness of where you want to go. If your foundation, you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you stand for. Yep. You know, a thousand percent. So here's, here's what it is, Johnny. And you actually, I'm going to, I'm going to do a callback to what you said in the beginning when you were talking about your story and losing your identity when you walked away from the flag. Because in knowing you personally, you borrowed that identity to figure out who you were to then start developing your own identity, being willing to adjust Mm. it, right? For entrepreneurs, what you're talking about, what ends up happening is they always lose when they become or they identify as their business because then they're only looking Mm. at the decisions and the behaviors through an intrapersonal lens rather than this is a thing that I do. This is a business that I run. This is how I'm doing it, right? And I see it across the board. The moment they're like, well, I can't do it. And they're taking it personal. Like they're overwhelmed. Like that is what creates all that cloudiness and you get stuck in the cyclic washing machine. And then all you start looking Mm -hmm. for is more and more holes because your sympathetic nervous system is tuned in to now trauma. And so it's trying to protect itself. So it's like, well, this is broken and this is broken and this is broken and this is broken. And then instead of us as entrepreneurs, like, oh, well, this isn't working in the business and this isn't working. What do we say? I'm failing. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. I can't figure this out. Why did I start this in the first place when we're actually in the middle of a game and we're winning? We just lost Mm -hmm. perspective on the game that we're playing. And then that cycle just repeats. And it repeats and it repeats. And so, you know, especially for personal brands, right? Like this, this was the hardest part for me for years was like realizing that like I am the brand, but at the same time, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like like you're the face of the brand, but like you yourself aren't the brand. Yeah. It's a weird paradox, man. It's a weird paradox. (laughs) Well, and, but you see it, this is the same conversation that people are, uh, should be having that are in, you know, W2 jobs and stuff mm-hmm, like they, mm-hmm. they, if you, you know, this, you go and talk to him. Hey, George, nice to meet you, man. Uh, first thing I ask, what do you do? And then people literally, it's yep. just this conversational piece. And you're like, bro, you've just literally made it normal for people to be pigeonholed by what they do because now they're defined by that. And then people have accepted that, that their definition of who they are is whatever job they do. Their value for themselves is whatever job they do. And then you're like, bro, this is, this is terrible. It's the same thing. We see it with politics right now. Politics is insane. It's like, you can't even be an individual separated from politics. Like your politics define who you are at this point in the yep. US and you're like yep. this is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy because the the part of it too is like what ends up happening and you said this earlier is that when you start getting triggered or in that place of like I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to figure it out, I'm trying to figure it out at any moment when your sympathetic nervous system is triggered, right? When you're in fight or flight or you're having an emotional trigger and response the only thing you can see is what you currently know under restraint. Right. And in order Mm -hmm. to grow, what we need to find is like the one bite ahead of us, right? Like that one next bite over and over and over again. So you have to, like, you've been talking about this the whole time is you're like, what's that one next stretch? Like, what's that one next behavior? What's that one next thing that, you know, we're going to focus on? Because, you know, what it took me years to understand is that 
I would get faced with a challenge and then I would address the challenge and then it would come back eventually. And I realized that I was addressing the challenge on the same field that I created it on. And in order for that to change, I couldn't change the behavior. I had to change. I couldn't change like the to-do list. I had to change my belief and my behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to let everything else trickle underneath that. And that's been probably like the biggest muscle for me is like recognizing like when I'm triggered and when I'm like, oh my God, this isn't working. Boom, 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 boom. Like that is my number one red flag that like I need to get out. Like I'm not solving a problem. I'm not solving a challenge. I'm not Cause like in, in NLP, like I'm stuck at the level where the challenge is and I have to change the level yeah. to do it. Right. And so that's where you start to stretch and you start to ask questions. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, what would it look like if I was running a business that was 10% higher? What would it look mm-hmm. like if I had an employee, even though I don't have them? And you start to ask the like, what would or what could, not what can, because can is that trigger. It's like that's limited to what you currently know, which you said yeah. is the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. And it's like if you run a mile at the same pace every day for a year, you will get weaker because your body will become accustomed to it and will atrophy because it will become your new baseline, right? So we celebrate this yeah. in working out. When we're in the middle of a run and we committed to three miles and we're at two and a half, we're like, I want to quit. I'm dying. You're like, no, I'm so close. And then you look at the pain and you're like, I'm growing, I'm growing. But yet, <laughs> but yet when we come to the game of entrepreneurship, which is like one of the greatest professional sports of all time, which requires yeah. like one of the greatest games of athletes, we're consistently met with the, I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to stretch. I just want it to be easy. And then we get upset that it stagnates. We get upset that it stays yeah. the same, right? And so it's just like crazy dance. Yeah. And and we do it in life too. Like we like you said, we we know it in the gym, but we'll sit in life knowing this and we'll still do the same thing. Like we won't actually look to be like, oh, the pain is the growth, or like this hardship is the growth. We'll be just like, ah, I'm gonna quit. This sucks. I'm done. I'm yeah. gonna go back to my nine to five. I'm done with entrepreneurship. This is yeah. stupid. Like And people run away or their business fails and then they just, they don't do any, it's just, we do, we know the answer yet we will only apply it in certain aspects of our lives. One of the things I wanted to to bring us back to too, because I loved what you said about um, the trauma and how it doesn't always get healed. I know I'm I'm taking us on back on a little bit of a tangent, love it, but I wanted to readdress this because, because the fact that especially uh, I, when my personal opinion is when it comes to men, they, they have a hard time dealing with trauma because one, if we admit we have trauma, we are basically admitting that we're weak, right? Is, well, that's is what the we belief. have been taught. Yeah, that's what we've been taught. Right, that's what we're taught. Yeah. This is what we've been taught, right? So like, all right, we're, we're weak, so we can't admit trauma. Um, but then when a guy does get to that point where he admits that there's trauma and there admits that there's some things that aren't going well and he needs to work on them, he imagines that because we're problem solvers and this is why I think it applies a lot to men because women don't have necessarily that proclivity to always have to solve a problem. The guy's like, if I saw, if I, if I'm going to take this on, I'm going to solve it and it's got to be accomplished. Right. And then you said something that I loved, which was like, Hey, you could acknowledge it. You could interact with it. You could come to a point where you've learned how to navigate it and balance your life. But it may never go away. Exactly. And this is what's Im- this is what's important to me, though, is the foundations are going to give you the tools. So when it doesn't go away, you just are like, cool, this sucks. I know I'm experiencing again. I have it. But 
let me go ahead into my toolbox and fix this and exactly. go back to something else. I'm going to give a pragmatic example, Johnny, because this one is on my plate this week twice, right? So like a pragmatic yeah. example, and we'll summarize this down to a metaphor and we'll thank Mike Tyson for this, right? He says, everybody has a plan <laughs> until they get punched in the face, right? Right. Yeah. Until you know you're going to get punched in the face and then yep. you can make an adjustment. You can make, you know, a call. You can make all of that stuff. Uh, God, I lost my fucking train of thought. That was hilarious. <laughs> what did you so say good. right before that? It was just talking about how we can dip back into our tools even when we Oh, with trauma. Oh, trauma. so here yeah, so yeah. here's the thing. So here's the tangible example. Have you ever let an employee go? Uh yeah, we have. Have you ever written an adverse fit rep or thing for a soldier underneath you? Uh yeah. <laughs> okay. More than once, right? Uh, one, no, for the soldier thing once. Yeah. Okay. What about firing people more than once? Yeah. Okay. It never feels easier. No, but the more we do it, the more we become aware that that feeling is going to be there, but then I'm aware of it. So I can choose a behavior that mitigates damage. Mm hmm. So that's like a pragmatic example of it, right? Because we think about those yeah. moments and that's what it looks like because that's an easy one that might be associated with trauma or trigger, but then it's the same point of like, Hey, you'll get to a point where you're in the middle of a workout and you literally feel like you have nothing left and you're like, Nope, one more bite, one more bite. But the feeling in your body is telling you, I can't do this. You shouldn't go anymore. You can't. But you acknowledge that the feeling is there and then you choose an action aligned with who you want to be, not who you currently are. So what I find mm -hmm. so interesting is like how many people in my life check me on my bullshit because I do it everywhere else. And it wasn't until my friends held me accountable, like, why don't you do the same thing in the business? Like, why avoid the hard conversations? You know, they're mm -hmm. going to happen. And the more you use it, the more you practice it, the more consistent you are with it. The either the more dissipated the feeling becomes or the more aware you are with it and you can operate clearly in front of it, which is what we were trained our whole life. And the reason mm -hmm. we drill the basics so fucking much is because we drill it. So when we lose the ability to think that our body yeah. still does the behavior, which brings us back into the clarity thinking, which allows us to continue. And so yeah. I look at these things of like, these conversations of like how many times in my previous careers I put off like, oh my God, I know I have to let this client go or I know it's not a good fit, but I'll ride it out for three months, right? Like in every one of those always led to pain. And then it mm -hmm. took years to recognize that the moment I saw it, the faster I addressed it, the faster both of us won. But it was a comfort zone, right? Like there was a muscle of like, okay, I'm a little bit more confident. I'm a little bit more confident. Now I'm a little bit more confident. And now I'm at the point where I tell people it before we ever work together because I'm so fucking clear. Yeah. Right? But yeah. It's, it, but it, it's taken, you know, 10 years of just choose it, choose it, choose it, choose it, choose it, choose it, choose it yeah. to now where it feels easy. So like for everybody listening, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Like the pragmatic alien. approach to this is that you un alien like me, like whatever, <laughs> like an octopus. Like I don't share DNA with anything else on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> the octopus is the only other thing that has that. So I was like, I'll be an octopus today. Um, that's what it feels yeah. like most of the time. But, 
But like what I think, you know, for me, Johnny, is like when I think back on our careers and what we were really trained to is the reason those basics were drilled is because when we got so triggered or we're in the middle of a firefight or a buddy got killed, the default behavior would take over and that's what would bring us back into the present moment and back into perspective. But without Mm -hmm. it, we'd be stuck and triggered. And so I think about it the same way in entrepreneurship. Like literally the more we practice those hard conversations or running to the check engine lights, because, you know, what are triggers in business are holes that your body is telling you need to be addressed in order for your business to work. Right. And the more we're willing to like find it and look at it and find it and look at it, it becomes a conditioned response that when you lose your number one client five years from now versus now, now you go into panic. Oh my God, my life is over. Five years from now, you're like, oh, I knew this was coming. I do this, this, boom, it's game over. But it's the more that you're willing to flex it and stretch it and play with it, like the more effective you become at using it. Absolutely. And it's also just, I mean, for everybody listening right now, just resign to the fact that nothing is ever going to happen on time or in in a good time. You know, and that's kind of like, that's like literally what I see people struggle with the most. And I've had that conversation as an entrepreneur, like, oh man, it would be this, this will be a good time for me to do that. Or this, this, this magical time will be a better time for that to happen. And then I'm like, but why? But why do we wait for this stuff? And kind of to your conversation, what you were just pointing to, it's like people will, they won't have those conversations because the fact that they'll wait to their backs against the wall. Right. And so what you did was you were like, well, I'm not going to, I didn't like my back against the wall to have the conversation. So how can, how can I get a little bit ahead of that? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, then how can I get a little bit ahead of that? Mm -hmm. And then how can I get a little bit ahead? And then you're like, well, how can I just cut this off altogether and preemptively attack it? So it doesn't even show up. But like you said, it came with flexing that muscle. We're so, we are so connected to only flexing the muscle out of necessity that we will wait till we are at rock bottom. We will wait till our back is against the wall. We'll wait till everybody has left our corner before we decide to make a decision to do something different or to have that hard conversation instead of being like, well, you know, I don't really like being in that position, being forced to have to climb out of this hole. Maybe I can just step foot a little forward and kind of cut that path off. Mm -hmm. And that's what for me, that has been a big uh, learning curve in entrepreneurship because the fact that I would, I'll be like, okay, I'll do this when I get to the point that I need it. And it's like, well, if I actually stood it up right now, by the time I need it, it'll be in such a better place that it might just need some minor adjustments. Right. And so, yeah, I got like the conversation. I got like three notes, so I don't lose them because I'm going to lose. Yeah. (laughs) Go, go, go. On what you just said, the toxic thinking of like, I'll start this when. Uh, uh, My buddy, Jamie Smart, who's been on the podcast, wrote a book called The Little Book of Clarity. And it's like a three hour read and it literally eradicates toxic thinking. I'll start this on Monday. I'll do it on the new year. Right. So everybody read that book. Um, Johnny, the other thing that I laugh about, and this is a reminder that I've been reflecting on and giggling on lately is that I told the universe what I wanted, but I have no right to question the path that gets me there. Yeah, that's a good one. And so the how and the why is 
the how is for me to execute, but the why doesn't matter because any moment I'm thinking about why is preventing me from putting a brick in the ground. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this constant reminder. I'm like, oh, yep, this is one of those things. I'm like, there's a lesson. I didn't want this to be a part of the path, but it is a part of the path, right? And you just, the more yeah. you go towards it, I just feel like the more the more comfortable you get. Like you just start to eat it. And like you think about how life is delineated. How many books have been written about eating the frog? How many different mm-hmm. ways has it been said? How many fortune cookies? How many quotes? How many metaphors? And yet it takes us until we're fucking 40 years old for me to be like, oh my God, if I just listened to this 20 years ago, I'd be a fucking <laughs> yep. trillionaire, right? And it's like, <laughs> if there's hard things, right? Like even Dave Ramsey turned this into money. Pay off the biggest bill first and let it waterfall down. Eat the frog. Yeah. Do the hardest thing first. Let it waterfall down. Every self-help book, every discipline book. But yet the area where we get to practice and flex the muscle the most is the one that we ignore. We put off the hard conversations, the things that we don't want to talk about, but it's a game of frequency. So the more you practice it in Mm -hmm. one bucket, the more it delineates out into every bucket. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, this was uh, another thing that I had to come to terms with because like you and I having similar backgrounds, both struggled probably with this how and why. Yes. And that like, I literally have a piece of paper up on my board over there that says, forget how, because I was, because what you're going to do is like, you know, you're going to take that brick. You're going to say, okay, I want to get here. You're going to have a dream and you're going to be like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be is how I want to be seen. And I want to have a business that does this. And then you're going to take this brick and that brick that you put in the spot to start building your way to that, that path to that is only going to be a brick that you know exists. Mm -hmm. It's only going to be something that you've ever experienced. So what I started to realize was I was like, Hey, Johnny, how much experience do you have being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Fucking none, bro. (laughs) So guess what? You're going to start putting bricks in from no experience of being an entrepreneur. And guess where that path is going to get you? It's going to get you in a circle that's literally just walking right around exactly where you are. And I was like, oh, every time I thought to myself, this is what I want my business to be doing. And I started said, but how does it get there? I had to stop myself from asking how, because I, like you said, I didn't have the right to ask the universe for this and then be like, okay, but then let me interject how I think I should get there based on zero experience on how to do this. Right. And then also you don't leave any room for magic in your life for things to come in that are completely unexpected. Like an introduction to George Bryant, who becomes one of my closest friends. Like I could have never known a George Bryant existed. I didn't know this. And I think actually it came through, uh, was it Anthony Trucks? Introduced it was. Us or it something? was Anthony. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was like, wow, like this is amazing. And I never knew that you existed. I never knew what kind of background you had. And guess what? I was starting on an entrepreneurial journey. And then what did George do? Being George who he is, gave me the kitchen sink of everything he knows (laughs) about business and freaking gave me all this stuff. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And it helped so much. But that's that is the magic that we get to play in if we just open up our eyes. And if you said, Johnny, if you played this clip back for me, five years ago, 
And I'd be like, who the fuck is this clown talking about universe and like playing and magic? Like I would have been like, hell no, bro. This dude's crazy. But that that's literally the life that we get to have. If we just are open to that opportunity of it, the magic happening Mm -hmm. when we start to release the how and the why, and we just ask and we look at what we would desire and then leave it out in the universe and then just go back to doing the things that are going to solidify our foundations that we can build complexity on that way. When things come in, when that magic comes in, you're prepared for it. Right. You know, the, I love, I love the saying, um, there's no such thing as luck. Nope. Luck is just when preparation and opportunity meet. Yep. And that to me, it epitomizes what life should be about is being prepared and then allowing opportunities to come in. And, and I want to get, happens, yeah. That's and the I, magic. I want to give a huge thought on this because it's such a powerful point, Johnny. So I want to, I want to give some pragmatic, some pragmaticness or whatever that word is. That's probably the wrong fucking word. I just make words up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just made that one up. <laughs> well, I know that's a word, but I, I, I literally probably. 10% of my day used words out of context with the wrong meaning. And I don't know until somebody checks me. Um, and then I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that is not what I thought that meant. Okay. I'm an idiot. Those last 30 podcasts, I sounded like a clown. Okay, cool. Yeah, totally. Um, but to, to, to take this approach of like, I want to explain what, what you mean or what I interpret in my lens when you say letting go of the how. Okay. Mm-hmm. How yeah. I interpret that now through my lens is that, the reason I used to ask how was because I thought there was only one right way. Mm -hmm. And so when I was asking how I was like, Oh my God, there's gotta be a way. And that prevented me from learning the way because when I released the how I was like, Oh, I have to figure it out. So I was able to take a lot more swings and I'm like, Oh, this worked. This didn't. Okay. Let's keep this. Let's not do that again. Right. And it's like the how you can't, build a home before you have blueprints. But if you've ever watched or built a home, you'll have blueprints that look beautiful on paper. And then the moment the foundation is laid, they're like, Hey, we got to move this. We got to tweak this. You know, we got to go. And so when I say to people, I won't ever ask or answer how it's not because there isn't a how, but there isn't anybody who can tell you your how. Because you'll pick up the science, right? You'll pick up the skills, but your expression of them, that's your 20% of your uniqueness and your personality. And so the reason I teach the science is because if I teach you the science, then the art is up to you, right? But we have Mm -hmm. to take the same thing and apply it into our business. It's like, hey, Johnny and I might be like, hey, here's how we built our vision. These are the things that we thought about. But that might not work for you, but you can take the same principles and do it your way. So for people Mm -hmm. like I know people that love putting magazines and cutouts on their wall and calling it a vision board. Right. And that's one way. But then I have clients who make a mind movie that has music and pictures and they play that every day. Right. We're accomplishing the same thing. But when you're willing to say not how should this be done or how would this be done perfectly? It's like, okay. What are the principles I need to carry, but how do I want to apply them? And then the more you practice that and the more you try it, you mm-hmm. send DMs, you send messages, you get on calls, you try this, the more swings you take, the faster you learn which ones to swing at and which ones not to. 
And so it's just like swing, swing, swing. So I wanted to say that for me, because for years I was always the (laughs) how, 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 and Lindsay, my my fucking best friend and queen and goddess in my life, um, used to ask me one question that would break me and she, I would literally be stuck and she'd be like, what are you pretending not to know? Or what are you pretending not to see? And she would never answer my question, ever. She would guide me. She would embate me. She would just send me back with that. And then every time I'm like, God damn. Oh, man. Right? And it starts to be like, okay, cool. And so it's just these perspective shifts. But I I think there's just these – these are such powerful principles that, Johnny, are for me, the the things that you're talking about speak to the, the reason you're the man you are in the position you are. And and I feel like even the undertone of this whole podcast is like, you're guaranteed to win if you always protect the basics. Like that's hundred percent. It's so huge. It's so huge. So I do have a question though, because you alluded to this earlier and I want to hear your thoughts. So you were talking about earlier, you know, you kind of need like a blueprint or you need a frame, right. To, to weigh those behaviors about. Right. And one of the things that was, that was basically trained out of us was dreaming and dreaming right like when we were kids when we were five if you asked me what i wanted to be i said it and i actually believed it was 100 percent possible right yeah. and it, it's been trained out of us with paradigm and wounds and trauma and society and everything and so like what's the first step for somebody even giving themselves permission or starting to dream to know or even <laughs> start to get that picture of clarity I would, uh, my personal opinion to this, I know you, you got some great perspectives on this. My personal opinion for this is to let it sound ridiculous, to laugh at it and even think it's stupid Yes, because you don't, don't fight what's already been built into you by society. Allow that to come out. But as we've talked about, if you put it out, if you say it and you continually say it, you're going to start believing in it. Yep. And it, that's the thing. It's like, you. Uh, what is the, I can't remember who said it, but if you tell a lie long enough, it becomes a truth, right? Yep. And so like, this can be used for very insidious things, by welcome, the way. So welcome psychological- to pol- politics in 2023 on both sides. <laughs> on both sides. Exactly. Like, let's exactly. just be clear. Like, exactly. Yeah, hello media. Yep. Yeah, hello media. <laughs> But that's, that's really what it is. If we can play that game with ourselves when it comes to our dreams, let it sound ridiculous, Mm -hmm. laugh at it, think it's stupid, but don't stop saying it to yourself. Don't, don't not write it down in your journal every morning. Don't allow yourself to say, I'm never going to think about it again. Allow yourself to constantly think about it and don't worry about the how, but just allow it to, to soak in and don't be afraid and don't be put off that you are going to think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you just have to accept that. Yeah. And Johnny, I got a note on this one too, because I love this and I'm going to make, I'm going to take the oxygen out of everybody's fucking objections right now. Okay. Normal. Uh, normal. Yeah. I just, it's, it's my preferred method. And then I forgot, <laughs> I fucking forgot my thought again. I'm off today. I am off. You're going to take, you're going to take the wind out of their sails about, about the uh, dream, about their new dream or about the dreaming again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dreaming about about dreaming again. So first, I did an entire podcast on this called Dreamstorming, and I highly, highly recommend it. But let me tell you why this works, okay? So people have said for years, like, 
manifestations of joke and, and all that stuff. But we've heard for years, like fake it till you make it. But uh, my dear friend, Sharon Lecter, who's one of the, she wrote Napoleon Hill's book, Outwitting the Devil. So she's the mm. one who wrote it and took the manuscript and wrote it. She's incredible. And Amazing. she teaches this concept of thoughts. Your thoughts equal your words, which then dictate your actions, right? And so yeah. I'll use money as an example. So if you're making a million dollars a year, right? The frequency that you see every day is a million dollars. Like you see the world through a million dollar lens. Like that just happens yeah. to be the radio station that you're in. But the way that the dreams work and like you said, being ridiculous and like you might literally be like, okay, I want to be doing $10 million a year. And you say it and you say it. And the more you say it, what it does is it slightly adjusts your frequency knob. And it's not going to tell you, here's the 10 next things to get to 10 million. It's going to say, hey, you need to do this different to get to 1.3. And then when mm -hmm. you look again, because you're saying it and you're just tuning your frequency into divergent thinking, right? It's going mm -hmm. from convergent to like what I know to like divergent of like, oh, what could be there? And then you're finding the dials yeah. and you're tuning them. And so like I'm bullish on environmental design. I'm bullish. Like there's a hundred lighthouses in my office. You know, I'm bullish mm -hmm. on setting my goals and my things around me because it's not that it, it gives me a path, but it changes my thinking from, okay. Well, how I'm currently doing it got me here and I couldn't think about it differently, but now I'm like, I want to do 10 million a year. I want to do 10 million a year. I start to look at it differently and I'll start mm -hmm. to see opportunity. And so for everybody like listening and thinking about this, like when Johnny says like dream big, whether that's reading Vivid Vision by Cameron Herald and grabbing Johnny's new book and putting it into practice, whether that's sitting down and picking a bucket of like, God, if I could design my day 10 years in the future, what would my dream day look like? Or yeah. if I could design a family vacation a year from now, what would it look like? And you might not get that, but that family vacation might mean you need to take three weeks off that you've never taken off before. So now mm -hmm. that gives you a goal and you're like, oh, well, how would I start buying that time back? And so what you're doing by setting your intentions is you're increasing your paradigm. So like your belief system is stretching and then you're going to start to notice things, see things differently and ask questions because you're tuning your brain into a bigger level, which is going from what do I know to what could I know? And that's where the clarity mm -hmm. comes. And it, it, that is so beautiful, bro. And, and another like application to this, I'll give a, a real life experience for me when I just started down all this path was that I was doing my government job and I had started the podcast. I've been doing the podcast for maybe like six months or eight months or something like that. And I didn't really have guests. Nobody knew who I was. Uh, I was having to go find people, all this stuff. And I was like, man, I just, I really want people to reach out to me about being a guest on the show. Like, I don't know who to go to. I don't know anybody in the environment. I don't know really, like, I'm still trying to figure out my way, all this stuff. So I sat there and I said, Hey, let me just change one habit in my life. I was like, what do I do every night? I sit down and I'll, I'll finish at the gym. I'll get home. I'll take a shower. I'll cook. And then I'll sit down and watch like a, a 30 minute show with my yep. wife. Right. Yep. And I was like, actually she, she was way smarter than me. She was doing her, she was listening to podcasts and books and everything. I was, I was like being an idiot and I'd sit down and watch a TV show. And then I'd get up and then like every, every day, this, everything was the same. And I was like, okay, nothing new is entering my life. And this, I'm going to tie this back to what we're talking about, yeah. about having this, having these unexpected things come in your life. I was like, let me change one thing. I stopped doing that. I started listening to podcasts every single night, I educational, informational podcasts that I enjoyed on things that I really enjoyed. There's no purpose to it other than I just enjoyed the content. 
all of a sudden, and I shit you not, George, within, I think it was about two or three days, people, and this happened every single day afterward, people started reaching out to me to be on the show. All I asked was I wanted people to be on the show. I didn't ask how. I didn't know how. I didn't. I didn't know why. I or I knew why, other than just the fact that I needed more guests. But I didn't know how anything was going to happen. And I would get random people who fit what I was looking to do for the podcast perfectly. And I was like, "What in the heck is going on?" And it was literally just that one thing. But it was relieving myself of trying to ask that how, and it was relieving myself of trying to figure out all the things to do to get to yeah. that point. So yeah, and to, I want to resolidify. I'm going to add more <laughs> evidence for everybody wondering. So I can dissipate the sales a little bit more. Um, and then we'll we'll talk about where to get your book, Johnny, because we'll have to do the next one in person. We're going to have to part three this whole thing again. Um, yeah, yeah. So everybody is familiar with the term confirmation bias, even if you don't know what it means, right? So here's my example. So everybody, everybody listening to this right now has bought a car at some point in their life. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it, right? Yeah. And then when you... When you're thinking about the car, when you get the, when you're like shopping around, you're fine. But then the moment you buy the car, you realize that 46 other people in town have the same car and you've never seen them before. And the only reason you'd never seen them is because your reticular activating system wasn't tuned in to seeing mm -hmm. those cars. And so they never existed before. And so another how of how this works is when you're tuned in to like, making an extra million dollars a year and you tune into that frequency, what it does is it starts to change and open up your reticular activating system to start seeing the behaviors and the habits of a $10 million a year entrepreneur or a 1 million more. Just like when mm -hmm. you buy the Honda Accord, you see 600 other Honda Accords and you never not see them again. You spot them in every parking yep. lot, every airport, every boom. And then when you're like, oh, George, you bought the only Nardo gray BMW M5 comp in the world, which I did. But then I saw every other Nardo gray car and I thought I had the special paint <laughs> job. And then I realized Toyota ripped it off and then Audi. And then I was like, wait, BMW stole it from Audi. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. And but then as I started to have an awareness that this thing existed, I started to see it all around me. And so that's also mm -hmm. what's happening when you relinquish that how, when you start to stretch and you just ask what that next behavior is. And you just talked about it. So pragmatically, you're like, well, what would it look like? You take habit stacking. You're like, all right, this isn't about doing it perfectly. It's about me recognizing mm -hmm. right now that I have 30 minutes and I could watch Netflix or I could try something new in my business. Let me try something. That behavior yep. is what opens up that frequency because now you're seeing it differently because you chose a new behavior. And so the game is about constantly choosing those things. So I fucking love it, dude. Mm, yeah, I love that, brother. And anybody can, it's just, it's all at your fingertips. Like anybody can use this any time of day, any day of the week. It's just like, make the commitment. That's all it takes. It's just like literally break out of whatever small habit that you feel is not serving you. Whatever one it is, you can pick and choose. Just try one little thing. And I promise you, mm -hmm. you will start to see different things enter your field. Yes. And it's, and it's, and it's crazy. The more you try it everywhere, the better, right? It's like, oh, I do 30 yeah. minutes of cardio, do 35 or do 30, yeah. but increase the speed 0.1 miles an hour, right? Like, yeah. There's, there's these moments that surround us everywhere in our life that if we're willing to take a bite, they will make us better at every opportunity. But it, it has to come from the fact that you really at the core have to understand that 
no matter what you consume, no matter who you look at, no matter who you hire for advice, nobody can do it for you. And if you just started choosing the behaviors and making improvements, a lot of the answers that you're looking will get answered without needing to hire somebody. Yeah. If, if nothing changes, nothing changes, bro. (laughs) That's it. So let's tell everybody about the book. We got like three minutes to land the plane. So what's the title of the book? Where can we get it? When the fuck We're just going to crash land this motherfucker. When it, oh, we, would we do it any other way? (laughs) Nope. Nope. Your copy is going to be there soon. Uh, I just ordered, uh, some of the copies myself to send out to some dear friends. Um, so that'll be coming pretty soon, but everybody else right now, we're doing a promotion where we're, um, have the ebook on sale, uh, for the, for now until the end of the first week of sales, which will be, I think May 21st is the end, uh, the ebooks on sale for 99 cents. Um, so you can pre-order that right now, get the ebook for 99 cents and that's over at amazon.com. You guys can go on your Amazon, find the ebook and put it there. Um, and then that'll be officially, you will get that ebook on May 16th. That's the official published date. So yeah. And then obviously it's available if you want a physical book on Amazon as well, or Barnes and Nobles, Target, Walmart, all those places are going to be holding it. Um, and the book is Design the Man Within. And yeah, it's great for men. Obviously that's the that's where my community is. That's where I'm really passionate about helping guys find that desired version of themselves so they can impact their lives better and everybody that are, is in their ecosystem. Um, but for women, I, I don't just say this. Uh, I, I hate when people say like every book is for men and women. Like, no, some of them just kind of aren't like some are really for women and some are really for men. Like it's, but this, I actually feel like I had my wife read it and I've had a couple other women read it and they actually felt very comfortable in the sense of just understanding what we're going mm-hmm. through as men. Mm-hmm. Some of the conversations, cause I don't hide it guys. Sorry, spoiler alert. I'm going to let out some of your secrets. Like I don't hide what the conversations are, the thoughts that some of us have that we're struggling with. And so it allows women to kind of see that so they yep. can help their partner out better or understand their partner a little better. Uh, maybe give them a little more grace because I know as much as we want women to think that we're robots and you know, rock, we're not. So, uh, yeah, that's it. I love it. And then where, where is the book available? Amazon where? Yeah. Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, Target, they all have it. We're trying to get focused on Amazon. So if you guys, uh, that's where the 99 cent ebook is available. So if you guys want to get that, take advantage of it, it's over there. Uh, awesome. And then, uh, I'm going to do this. So for anybody listening, man or woman, for the first 50 of you that DM me your takeaway from this podcast, I will buy you each the 99 cent version. And so if Johnny wants to do the same, that's up to him, but that's my invitation. So, you know, my Instagram, it is, it's George Bryant, Johnny, what's your Instagram? I will hundred percent do that. And I know you will. Uh, my, mine is Johnny dot L Sasser. Can you spell it? I can. It's uh, I think so. Uh, I can read and write every once in a while. Uh, it's J O H N N Y. And then dot L Sasser is E L S A S S E R. Awesome. I almost dropped an aren't ready for Marines yet joke when you said that one. <laughs> um i saved it till the very end so johnny's gonna match me so listen uh i would recommend uh picking a path so either dm johnny 
and you can rewind this and get his Instagram and tell him your biggest takeaway from this episode and he'll match the first 50. We'll get the Kindle version and then uh, the the digital version and then the same thing for me. So DM me your biggest takeaway from this episode uh, to at it's George Bryant and then I will do the same and I should probably go prep my team for this one. So I'll, I'll tell them that. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, uh, yeah, we're going to push this episode up, but, uh, oh yeah, we got to get ready for this one. So here we go. Uh, but I love it, man. I love it. And, and I would recommend to everybody, men, women, uh, combined connect with Johnny on Instagram for sure. Um, everywhere you can find them, grab the book, go listen to other podcasts, check out his podcast. Where's your podcast? The Art of Masculinity. And if you want a real special one where George just goes off the chain, go check out the episode that George and I have on there because you can't you can't tether George I love in, doing, that's for sure. I love doing podcasts with like brothers and people I love because all you get is the real, like unfiltered. I'm like, God, I'm home. I feel so safe. Let's go. <laughs> it's so, so good. It's so all good. right, everybody. We're gonna crash land this plane to be respectful of time because <laughs> Johnny has a PR meeting to sell said book that I'm currently encroaching on. Um, But I will just ask him for forgiveness later because I just take my own liberty. So here we go. So we're going to land the plane. So make sure you check out Johnny everywhere. Check him out on Instagram. Check out The Art of Masculinity. I will say that that was one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Uh, Pretty raw, real, and honest about everything. Um, Johnny also has been on this show. Find him ever you can. He's in my life. He's in my world. Him and his incredible wife, Taylor, if you're listening to this, I fucking love you. Uh, make sure you check <laughs> her out too. You'll find her tagged and all of his stuff. It looks like the goddess that holds him accountable. She's that dope. one. That's her. Yep. That's her. Yeah. That's her. Um, yep. So check yep. her out. Check her out too. So, uh, Johnny, we'll do round three in person in Montana. Absolutely, brother. That we will put that on the books and I am happy to do that. I love you, man. I love you, buddy. All right, everybody. This has been another episode of the Mind of George show. Crash landing in when an army and Marine guy get together and work out their differences. We agree on a few things that hard and fast is the only way. That is a very bad double entendre. But this has been another episode of the Mind of George show. (laughs) Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. And if you want it better... Get Johnny's book. And if you want to help the men in your life get it better, get Johnny's book. And so I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we are out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.